0: It was just a sin to waste all that knowledge and experience. by retiring at the age of 65, you're just getting to where you're able to do something.
1: This is Lawyer to Lawyer, the award-winning legal podcast with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambroji. West Coast meets East Coast, and yes, they are attorneys, bringing you the latest legal news and observations every week with the leading experts in the legal profession. Lawyer to Lawyer is sponsored by Law.com, produced right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could listen today. This is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from Massachusetts. And this is Craig Williams from sunny Southern
2: California. I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court. I have a book out called How to Get Sued. Bob, today's show is sponsored by Clio, web based practice management software, which you can find at gocleo.com, and Landy Insurance, which is also available at landy.com. Bob, I know you write some blogs.
1: Yeah, Craig, I write a blog called Law Sites and another one called Media Law, and uh, also Legal Blog Watch for Law.com. Well, Craig, attorney Jack Borden celebrated his 101st birthday this month, and. More interesting than that is that uh, he's a centenarian who is still practicing law. He was recently named America's Outstanding Oldest Worker for 2009 by Experience Works, a nonprofit group dedicated to highlighting the workforce contributions of seniors. Borden was born in 1908 in Parker County, Texas, and put himself through law school during the Great Depression he ventured off to do various things in his career, including uh, serve as a district attorney, a four-year stint as a FBI special agent, a two-term mayor of Weatherford, Texas, near Dallas. And after he left the FBI, he started his own private law practice. And Bob,
2: uh, currently Attorney Borden works 40 hours a week at his firm Borden and Westhoff LLP in Weatherford, Texas, where his practice areas include real estate and probate work. He's at the office at 6.30 every morning wearing a suit and tie, takes a 30-minute nap during his lunch break and at home, we're told, and he also co-hosts a local radio show on Parker County history. Attorney Jack Borden is our special guest today on Lawyer to Lawyer. Welcome, Jack Borden.
0: Oh, thank you.
2: Well, Jack, uh, everything we've read about you says that uh, the idea of retirement is, is probably not a good one. What do you think about that?
0: Well, uh, as I told my doc, one of my doctors, uh, his family spent an awful lot of money sending him through medical school, and he spent about 30 35 years to become an expert in the field that he had chosen. And to me, it was just a sin to waste all that knowledge and experience, but retiring at the age 65, you're just getting to where you're able to do something, as you guys know In law school, the main thing they taught you was how to find out what the law is. Well, after uh, 74 years, I've found out what the law is uh, from experience. And uh, it's been, I've learned tons more from working and practicing law than you can ever get out of a law school.
1: And Jack, I, I, it seems obvious that you you love practicing law. T- I mean, what is your typical day like? What is your law practice like?
0: Oh, I uh, I get up about 5 o'clock. I started this way back when I was busy, busy, busy. And uh, I get out the office about 6.30. And, uh, oh, I've had a blood pressure problem for several years. And I take my blood pressure first so that I can... Tell my doctor once a week what is going on. I read the newspaper, mainly the old bits, to see whether I'm mentioned. <laughs> and uh, then I start looking around to see what I've got to do today. For instance, today, I did those things. Some people called me and told me that they thought they needed a will or will. Well, I told them I, wasn't I didn't think they needed I knew they needed them. And so I happened to have time, and I got them to come down here, and I talked with them about wills, and then I mentioned to them that they also needed health and business powers of attorney. As a result, I got the information, and I will uh, write those wills uh, wills and the powers of attorney, and I'll get them to come in pick copies up. They'll take them home and uh, call me if there's any changes, And we sign them up. I still probate wills. Uh, What happened to me way back under 30, 40 years ago, uh, I was a trial lawyer. I ate, slept, breathed, drank my lawsuit that I was trying, morning, noon, and night. Went to the doctor for a checkup, and uh, he told me, he said, you're about to blow a fuse. Your blood pressure. 210 over 110. So he said I had to quit practicing law. And I said, well, doctor, I can't do that. That's all I know. And he said, well, what can you do? There's not a lot of pressure. I said, probate in real estate. I don't, I was doing a great deal of probate in real estate. And uh, I, I said, I can do that. And there's very little pressure on, then, on that. And estate planning, which I love to try to where people write wills, that they can avoid uh, some state taxes. So uh, that's what I did. He said, okay. So I started doing it. And, you know, that, that uh, trying lawsuits was killing me. And I found out I could make more money with estate planning and probating wills and doing real estate uh, contracts and whatnot than I did trying lawsuits. So I, uh, in fact, a a man much younger than I, I I would send stuff that our firm couldn't handle to uh, this one young lawyer. And uh, so I sent something over there, and he called me, and he said, Jack, I've taken a book out of your, a page out of your book. I found out I can make more money in real estate and probate than I can trying lawsuits. But uh, I've been doing that now for, oh, goodness gracious, I guess 40 years. Uh well I think I, I think this happened about nine, when I was about seventy, maybe seventy five, that I quit trying lawsuits. But I stay busy. I my birthday was the fifth of August. Uh since then I have made application to probate three wills and I have one that they brought they're gonna bring in tomorrow for me to probate and uh that sort of keeps you busy.
1: I, and I saw the interview with you in the experience works uh did a video interview with you, and they mentioned uh you mentioned that you continue to do pro bono work as well
0: oh yeah i uh my my partners in the past have uh told me that I gave away more than I collected but uh I've done all right and uh, uh you know I was going to be a preacher and uh when I was about three years old a little incident happened that uh, every time I thought about preaching, I'm a Baptist, and we, in baptism, by immersion. Well, my mother was old-fashioned churn, three-gallon churn. She had churned that milk and uh, had, and had taken the butter out of the churn, but uh, accidentally or, or didn't think about putting the lid back on. And she heard me say, And I baptize you in the name of the Holy Ghost. Well, she turned around, and I'd baptized my black cat in that fresh buttermilk. Well, needless to say, every time I thought about preaching and baptism, why certain parts of my anatomy started hurting. So I decided I just couldn't be a preacher.
2: Uh, Jack, when you uh, when you write a will, do you? Uh, write it out by hand. Do you dictate it to your secretary, or do you use a computer?
0: Well, I, somebody they wrote a book about me. They called it my book a few years ago, and they had a picture of me sitting at my desk, and had a few, had, had and does now have a computer on it. And one fellow said, well, where is, I mean, a, a calculator. And uh, one man said, where is your computer?" I said, "Well, when I master this calculator." Then I'm going to take over computers, but until I master it, well, I don't think I need to get involved in anything else. What I do, I dictate the wills to the girls, and uh, they do them on their computers. They all have computers, and they've even gotten me an email number. Uh, but uh, the the computer is a wonderful machine. First time I had the opportunity to, to use it, to dictate to a girl is I had a long contract that I'd written, and there were a few simple things to change on about uh, all three or four pages of it. And I got this gal, she had done it on the computer, and I told her what corrections I needed, and I said, when will I need to tell these people to come back, in an hour or two hours, or how long will it take? And she said, oh, about five minutes. (laughs) Well, that's amazing. They just throw that thing in there, but you all know what you're doing.
2: What kind of changes have you seen occur in your years of practice in the law? What do you think have been a significant milestones in the way that we practice law now?
0: Well, uh, now it's done mostly uh, by two ways. Of course, depositions that we've taken forever, but now our office here, my younger partner, he has it down to a science. He on depositions, he videotapes those things. And then uh, when he gets to try in the lawsuit, uh, if he wants to play some of that back, he puts it on the screen. And exhibits, as you, where we used to do it, we had some exhibits. but well, you give them to the jury. Well, one of them is reading it, and the other is looking over his shoulder because he's going to read it next. And they couldn't listen to the testimony, and you couldn't stop the trial for the whole world to read the uh, instrument that was introduced now. He puts the instrument up on the screen, and uh, and he points out to them what it says and, and what it means. All of them can uh, see it at the same time, and they don't lose They don't waste any time. Another good thing they have is mediation, particularly on divorces. I uh, uh, oh my goodness! I guess it was sixty years ago. I quit taking divorces. I couldn't stand. I'd get those people in. They'd have two or three little children, and I tell them that these these little things are dependent upon parents, not a parent, but parents. And it's not their fault in, that they're in this world. It's your fault, and you you need you you've got an obligation, in my opinion, to stay with this marriage. Uh, get along. You can get along if you try. Well, a month or so later, I'd go up to the courthouse and. Uh, Uh, they would be getting a divorce. So I just quit them. I I said, I won't take any more divorces. And uh, I did take one or two after that, but they were close friends, and it was a fight over custody, and I thought I could help them, which I did. But uh, uh, the the things are so different from what they used to be. See, our, our court reporters, then they did all of it in shorthand. And then they go type it up. And they put it down just like they said. Well, I remember I was trying A, a criminal case one time, a special prosecutor. And uh, we... Uh, after they found the man guilty, and they were appealing it. and They got the record of and I got a copy of it. And uh, that court reporter had put it down just like they said it. Uh, there was some Mexican uh, involved, and he... And a witness on the witness stand said, There's Those Mexicans. And that's where he put it, those Mexicans. So well, that's what the man said. But now, uh, well, I re- really, I don't go to the courthouse, but I keep up with it. I My younger partner, is my nephew, is the best lawyer that has ever been in Parker County, in my opinion. And I haven't seen anyone in Fort Worth or Dallas that's any better than he is. He, he knows what to do and how to do it, and he was very successful well,
1: jack now that you 've been named uh, american uh, america's outstanding oldest worker for two thousand and nine uh and and uh, you 've been getting uh you know some some news coverage and 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 perhaps you'll uh, now serve as a role model for for younger lawyers. I'm wondering, when you were a younger lawyer, d- did you have any role models in the law? Were there people who, who inspired you and who helped you decide uh, to pursue law in the first place?
0: Well, you know, they chose me last year as the outstanding uh, older worker for the state of Texas and uh, took me to Washington, and I visited our senators, state representatives, and uh, they uh, flew flag over the Capitol in honor of Jack Borden, oh. well, this year, they chose me as the outstanding older worker in the entire United States. It's taken a lot of my time, but I've enjoyed all of it. That's my goodness gracious life. Uh, an old, old country boy, grew up on a farm, tenant farmers, I uh, here east of Weatherford to be chosen as the outstanding older worker in the entire United States. That's a that's a long way. It's an honor. It is mm-hmm. an honor.
2: What do you think, Jack, is your biggest accomplishment in, in those hundred and one years?
0: Oh I uh I've always tried to do it. well, my parents taught me that now we're poor folks, but we're just as good as anybody. And when you go out of here, well I want you to go out of here with your shoulders back, and your head up. And you look everybody in the eye, and you treat everybody like you wanted to be treated. And that's the kind of life I've tried to live. Uh, I, have a, I have a little saying here on my desk, diplomacy is the ability to let somebody else have your way. Now, I've been working on that for a hundred years, and uh, sometimes I've been, most times I've been successful.
2: Chuck, what do you what do you think your biggest disappointment's been in, in the practice of law?
0: Really, Really, I haven't had any major disappointment. I've, I have only lost one time, one uh, lawsuit when I was trying lawsuits, and I tried a lot of them. I only lost one, and uh, I knew that it was iffy, iffy. Uh, when I was district attorney, I lost one, <laughs> and it was when the man represented himself, and the juror went out and found him not guilty. He didn't have an attorney. And all the proof showed that he was shooting craps with some people. And when they got through, well, I pulled him in my office and started chewing on him. And the man that was former said, Now, Jack, we knew he was guilty. We decided that when we first went in. But we got to thinking about it, and we knew that if we found that man guilty, he would have to lay it out in jail. And it might take him 10 to 20 days. And we'd have to feed him. And we knew that he had a family, uh, three or four little children, and we figured that if he wasn't there to bring in the money to feed him, he counted out to feed him. And we thought it was best for everybody concerned that we just turn him loose. I couldn't argue with that. I'd have probably been the same one. I'd have probably voted like they did. But I've never had any real to say, if you don't lose anything, uh there's not much you can be disappointed about. Everything's been good. God's been good to me. And uh, uh, my parents taught me in the beginning. I married a woman that uh, was uh, very active in her church and got me involved in church work. And uh, for 30 years, I taught a men's Bible class. I was uh, a deacon in the church. I've been a Christian uh, for 90 years. I was 11 years old. And strange enough, I made my profession of faith in a church that my grandmother was a charter member. Church was established back 1858. But, uh, I've, uh, I've, I've known a lot of people, and as I say, I try to treat them like I want to be treated. And I'm amazed sometimes, well, last year, my 100th birthday, uh, the lady that I'm with on the radio, uh, decided we ought to have a birthday party for my 100th birthday. My well, good night above. There were 500 people at that birthday party, and I got almost 300 birthday cards. And we had one this, uh, well, on the 5th, and, uh, we had, uh, Oh, about 250 people, and I think that the cards uh, total about 100. But I just have a lot of friends. And if you have friends, why, uh, they help you.
2: Well, Jack, we need to take a short break. And for our listeners, when we return, we'll have more with attorney Jack Borden.
0: I will hang on to you, say, all right.
2: Imagine how much easier managing your practice would be if your practice management software was web-based. Your practice would be available anywhere you have an internet connection, completely secure, backed up continuously, and most importantly, easy to use, allowing you to spend your valuable time building your practice instead of managing technology. Start simplifying your practice today with Clio. Sign up for a free, fully functional 30-day trial at www.goclio.com. Use promotional code L2L for a 25% discount. Protect your legal practice with Herbert H. Landy Insurance Agency and feel confident that your professional liability insurance provides the best possible coverage for the best possible price. Whether you are establishing a new firm, adding an attorney to your team, or exploring new options for your existing firm, Herbert H. Landy Insurance Agency can match your specific needs with experience unmatched in the industry. Visit us at www.landy.com for a convenient online application or call us at 800-336-5422 for prompt and personal attention. Your practice deserves the best. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. And we'd like to let you know that you can save 50% on all CLE Legal Talk Network programs by going to clecenter.com and clicking on Legal Talk Network. And we'd like to welcome back attorney Jack Borden from the firm Borden and Westhoff LLP out of Texas. He is celebrating 101 years young. So, to give some perspective to our discussion, Uh, In the year that Jack was born, in 1908, William Howard Taft was elected president after Theodore Roosevelt's two terms. Henry Ford introduced the Model T for $825. Wireless radio broadcasting was patented. The Chicago Cubs won their last World Series. And Oliver Wendell Holmes, who's the son of the author, uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes Sr., sits on the United States Supreme Court. Well, Jack, we know you're a history buff, so can you characterize for us what you think is the most important or significant period of U.S. history over the last hundred years?
0: Well, uh, I, I guess because what I'm going to say tell you is because of the fact that I actually went through the Great Depression. I think that the greatest thing that had been accomplished was Roosevelt coming in, and it took a long time. Uh, the thing started with its recession about 1925, and it lasted until after World War II. Well, I give uh, President Roosevelt credit uh, for coming out with some different thinking and uh, and saving this country. Now, we're in a bad shape now, but we're not as bad a shape as we were back in in the first in the Great Depression, as they call it uh and uh hopefully we've uh, caught it soon enough that uh, it won't get any worse than it is but uh when 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 you're sitting there with it and and the county commissioners we have four they would uh, work one man out of the, the community 3 days a week and pay him a dollar a day uh, he had a family, a wife, and two or three children. That's what they had to live on. There weren't any jobs. That's when we had the WPA and uh, the uh, all the boys that were in the campments. Uh, what did we call them? But anyhow, it was a sort of a military-type thing. But a lot of the courthouses that we have uh, in, in the Texas were built by Uh, the CCC that's what soil uh, conservation but uh, by the WPA uh, and they were workers that were being paid by the government to work and uh, they got enough money to support themselves and send money home to the van to support them it was a it's just a wonderful thing Uh, I my my Observation has been in the last few years that we elect good people to uh, Congress, and uh, and they promise us that they're going to do whatever is necessary for the good of the people. Well, they get up there, and uh, lo and behold, uh, they're they're indoctrinated that uh, the first thing you got to do is uh, perpetuate yourself in office. The second thing you've got to do is uh, do what is best for the party. And it didn't make a difference which party you were going to be, Democrat or Republican. And uh, I think that that's one reason that we're, they get up there fighting among themselves and to heck with us. Now, I'm not a socialist, but uh, I-, I went through that other depression. And I know how, how bad it is. And I would hate to see us get into one as bad as that again.
1: Jack, I want to ask you, uh, a lot of our listeners are lawyers and a lot of them are young lawyers. And and I wonder, uh, from where you sit, uh, what advice you might offer to a young lawyer just starting out his career?
0: Well, I'll tell you what. First, they need to be certain that practicing law is what they want to do. If that's what their life ambition is, And they have the determination there's no way to keep them from being a successful attorney. I had to work. My folks didn't have any money. And uh, I had to work to get money. No one had money to give me to go to law to. Well, I uh, did various type work. But I remember quite well one that a lady called me that was from here in Weatherford. Had her son down in Austin to go to the University of Texas, where I was. And she called me and said, Do you have to work? And I said, Well, I certainly do. And she said, Well, come over here. I want to talk with you. Well, I went over to where they were, to her house she had rented. And it was a large two story house. It was four bedrooms upstairs and two baths. And uh, then there were two bedrooms and one bath downstairs. And my job was to be. I uh cleaning up those bedrooms every morning. There was two boys in each bedroom. And uh, the boys didn't, in those days, they didn't do much to take care of a room. But I had to clean up those four rooms and the two bathrooms. And uh, then I cleaned up the bathroom downstairs. And uh, I think the lady cleaned up the, the bedroom down there. And uh, I, I washed the dishes and waited tables. And when I went down there, she said, "Now come, I'll show you your room." Well, we walked out the back, down a flight of stairs, and lo and behold, that house was level with the ground in front, but the lot sloped so that it was about ten feet off the ground in the back. And she opened a wooden door, homemade door, and uh, lo and behold, there was about a twelve by ten or ten by twelve platform, and on that platform was was a a table to study on, a chest of drawers. Uh, the light was a pull, you pulled a string and the lights came on. My closet was a wire strung from one of the pillars, posts holding that house up, from one to another. All the rest of that was dirt floor. There was no, I didn't have water, I had no facilities down there. But, you know, I stayed there a year and didn't bother. It didn't hurt me.
1: But you knew you had that determination to be a lawyer.
0: That's what I'm trying to tell these young people. You need to have a determination. Now, there's one other thing. I'm one of these people that that's uh, not any question in my mind that God has his hand in everything that happens. Some of it, he may just allow it to happen. Other things he causes to happen. And uh, uh, that's been, I think, one of the the, uh, reasons that I have been as successful as I am because I became a Christian when I was 11 years of age, and I have practiced it. Now, uh, people say, well, uh, are you ready to die? And I said, well, from the standpoint that I look at it, am I ready to meet my maker? I'm ready. I don't have any fear of dying. And uh I know that uh unless I live till the second coming that I'm gonna die. But I don't scare me. They say when you're ready, I said, Well now as far as ready I'm not anxious to go. I wanna stay here and I think the good Lord's leaving me here for a purpose. Maybe just what happened here with this. That uh it's not a question of my mind. It's not a question of my mind that he he pushed me in, in my work as an attorney, and uh, to the extent that uh, there's only one civil case, as I think I told you, that I uh, uh, lost, but uh, that was the only one. And uh, therefore, there's not many disappointments in my life. But uh, uh, I give God the credit. When I went in, when I when I came out of law school, I think this is one reason that I... Uh, went to law school. When I came out of law school, doctors, lawyers, and preachers were rated about the same, because each one of them did something for somebody else. Well, sadly enough, uh, all of them uh, failed, but to me, when I came out of law school, you couldn't even take an ad in a a, a school yearbook from a high school. That was advertising. Uh, you couldn't ask anybody for your law of business. You had to prove that you were worthy, and they had to come to you. And uh, I uh, I think I proved that I was worthy because uh, I've, even here at uh, 100 years old, I've probated more wills the last 18 months than any other lawyer here in town. And uh, you should hear what judge has to say about me, I get, I even blush myself to think, he wondered whether he's just talking, but he really believes it. But uh, uh, for a young one, if he wants to be, and of course, he's got the, you know, when you go to the courthouse, the judge will say to the plaintiff, uh, Mr. Plaintiff, are you ready? And the plaintiff will say yes or no. Defendant, are you ready? Well, I told this nephew of mine when he got out of law school that there's a far cry between announcing ready and actually being ready. I said, now you you've got to get to where you know everything there is to know about your side of the lawsuit and everything you can find out about the other side lawsuit, what they've got.
2: Well, Jack, we need to we need to interrupt you here for just a second because we need to wrap our show up. We're almost out of time, and we'd like to get your contact information for our listeners if anybody would like to reach you. How can they get a hold of you?
0: Oh, my phone number is 817-594-0711. My mailing address at the office is 1250-1250. Santa Fe Drive, Weatherford, Texas,
1: seven six zero eight six. Jack, we'd we'd love to we'd love to be able to talk uh, longer, but uh, I know you have a radio program and you understand uh, the the time limits that the get time involved here. And
0: man, held his fingers up and said, "You're through."
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, but, but we really, really want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us today, and and we want to congratulate you on having been named America's Outstanding Oldest Worker for 2009 and, and and for the good work you've done over your career.
0: Well, I want to express my appreciation for you people uh, you're calling me even. Uh, I, uh, There's not anyone, I don't think, that doesn't like to have his name in print or something, but uh, here I am talking with you, just like I was talking to a former agent of the FBI yesterday. And I'm delighted to give him the information because uh, I think that I am the oldest uh, former FBI agent still alive.
1: Oh wow! So there's uh, stories to tell there too. And uh, unfortunately, we we don't have time for him today. But but thank you once again for for joining us today. And uh, we'd like to just uh, remind our listeners that. All of our past and the current episode of this show can be found at legaltalknetwork.com. And uh, Craig, I think that about does it for today.
2: It does. And, and also as a reminder for our listeners, we can uh, they can see attorney Jack Borden in a video interview on YouTube and all of our lawyer shows can be found on uh, legaltalknetwork.com.
1: All right. Thanks a lot, Mr. Borden. We appreciate talking to you.
2: Thank you. And Bob, we'll be back again next week to discuss another great legal topic. And when you think legal, think Lawyer to Lawyer.
1: Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with Robert Ambrogi and Jake Craig Williams. Every week, a new legal topic that you won't want to miss. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. Lawyer to Lawyer has been sponsored by Law.com.